0: Church with a worldwide vision for winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. We're a Pentecostal church affiliated with the Christian Fellowship Ministries. We hope you enjoy today's sermon. Your hands, you
1: hold Had a great time this morning. Uh, thank God again for your pastor. He asked me to come. Really appreciate his ministry, his friendship. How uh, different things. Amen. So, forget your Bibles, Proverbs chapter one and Kings chapter second Kings chapter one. State Farm Insurance did a study on the most dangerous intersection in America. Very interesting study, going from city to city, place to place and you know crunching numbers trying to figure out where's the most dangerous place in America to live. I uh, anyway, drive a car and the winner is Atkinson, Texas. A suburb of Dallas's most dangerous intersection in the world. Uh, the intersection of Beltline Road and Midway Road has an average of 200 and sixty-three accidents a year. Think about that's five wrecks per week, not counting the unreported fender benders. How I many? That's a dangerous place. <laughs> that's a lot of wrecks. Amen. And uh, so I want to preach what I've titled "Dangerous Intersections" tonight. Let's go to Second Kings one. We we'll start at verse nine. Say King Ahaziah had fallen from the upper chambers and had been seriously hurt. Wondering if he would live or die, he sent messengers to the priests of the God of Akron. Elijah met them on their way and said, uh, said, tell the king he is going to die. This this infuriated the king, and he ordered the immediate capture of Elijah. By that time, Elijah was sitting on the hill, the high hill outside of town. Father in Jesus' name, tonight I'm asking you, God, to move, help us. God, speak by the Holy Ghost, the power of God. Be here tonight. We would not leave as we came. God, changes, draw us closer to you. God, decisions would be made for you tonight. God, change us, I pray, by the Holy Ghost. Speak to us. God, one word changes everything. God, changes all of life. I pray, speak a word in season tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. The Bible said uh, Ahasuerus, King Ahasuerus falls and is injured. We've all been there, haven't we? There's not one of us here that has not fallen and injured ourselves at some point. There are people here that bear the physical scars, amen. You bear uh, the scars on your body of a painful wound, amen. This could have been from a car wreck. This could have been from a a fight, amen, Uh, with your spouse. Or just a fight somewhere in life, Amen. This could be from an injury on your job, but anyway, you bear a scar on your body, uh, you can point to and say, I remember that. I was wounded there. I was, uh, you remember everything around it because it was so real. It was a wound, uh, not easily forgotten. Galatians 6, verse 16, the apostle Paul said these words, From now on, let no one cause you trouble, for I bear on my body the marks of Jesus. Paul's telling this church, listen, uh, I've, I bear physical wounds for pioneering this church. I bear in my body, if you know the story, persecuted, uh, beat uh, on his back, beat with fists, beat with stones. And, and so Paul says, listen, I bear some wounds here. I paid a price for this congregation. Don't let anybody trouble you uh, because I bear uh, scars for this congregation. Isaiah 53 verse 5. Uh, the writer speaking of Jesus, he was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquity, the chastisement for our peace is upon him. By his stripes we are healed. Amen. So we're talking about wounds here, injuries here. So there, again, there's not any of us here that that, that hasn't fallen, hasn't been injured at some point in life. There are others here, maybe it's an emotional wound. There's been a past violation, a childhood abuse, uh, something has deeply wounded you. I pastor people. I deal uh, with people as I go around preaching. And uh, as I said, there's people that have a childhood violation that that's tormented them all life. There's been an emotional wound, Amen. That's hard to be. That's hard to heal up. And other things, Amen, has left them wounded, Mark 9, A father brings a son to Jesus. You know the story from childhood. The Bible said uh, this: a demon. Has stolen this boy into fire and water, trying to destroy him. So imagine the the scars on this boy, uh, not just the outer scars, the burns, the uh, that had to be there, but the inner scars uh, of the boy and the father. They've carried. They said from childhood this has happened. So we're talking about whether physical or emotional scars and wounds are there. Uh, John chapter four, woman at the well. You know the story, man. She's out there. Jesus meets with her. An unlikely time to heat the day. And the reason she's there because uh, she's been rejected by society. You know the story? She's five-time married, divorced. She's living with a man now. Uh, so she's emotionally scarred here by low self-esteem, rejection, abused by men, and on and on. Uh, uh, but, so it's not the fall of the scars so much, but it's how we respond to the fall in the scar that matters. Because we can all point uh, to a time, but how do you respond to that? How do I respond? How do we respond to the time where we're wounded emotionally, physically, because that's what's going to matter? In our text here, King Ahaziah. he's wondering if he's going to live or die, and he sends messengers to the, the priest of the God of Ekron. Now, this is interesting because uh, the king here is the king of Judah, the king of God's people. He is, God, he is the king over God's people in Judah. These are holy people, righteous people. He's the king over them. But he is wounded uh, here. And instead of sending the priest to go find Elijah, he's sending the priest to go find, uh, or messengers to find a priest to Ekron. So it's how we respond many times. Not that we've been injured, not that we've fallen. Uh, we've all been there, but how do we respond to these? Ekron is a major demon for the Bel-God. Later known as Beelzebub in the New Testament, uh, one of the seven princes of hell. So think about this. Here's a a king. He has an injury. He falls. And how he responds, though, instead of running to God and repenting, sending people to find Elijah, he sends messengers to find uh, the priest of Ekron. See, truth is, when we have fallen, especially if we've wounded ourselves, it's a dangerous intersection. How we respond, many times we'll tell the rest of the story. How we respond, many times we'll tell, uh, many times we'll uh, end life or create life. Adam and Eve, they fall. You know the story. They pit, they take off the tree. God says, don't do it. That's disobedience. That sin's going to enter in. It's a great fall. Uh, uh, but how they responded, they didn't respond well, did they? The Bible said they hid themselves from God. Uh, they tried to cover it up, tried to, uh, you know, hey, uh, but, we know the rest of the story, right? David falls, commits adultery with Bathsheba. It wasn't just the, respon- uh, the fall, but it's how he responded. Uh, when he finds out mm-hmm. she's pregnant, he tries to uh, send her husband into battle, uh, gets him uh, killed in battle. Uh, different things, and we know the end of that story the end of, wasn't wasn't good. In our text here, as these messengers are going to seek out the priest of Ekron, Elijah meets with them on the way and says, tell the king he's going to die. Instead of this king, uh, as I said earlier, repenting, uh, hey, go get the man of God. I know Elijah lives over there outside of town. Go get him. Uh, have him pray for me. I've fallen. I've Injured myself instead of doing that, and and Elijah meets with them. So this was a dangerous intersection, and a deadly intersection for this king, because Elijah said you're going to die for this. I believe if it is it for Elijah, we serve a God that's always willing to heal and forgive, right? We serve a God that's always willing to forgive. We can go to God for anything. God, I've messed up. God, this happened. God forgive me, and He'd do that. God, I need healing. If we can go to our, our God and get healing. Uh, I believe that God was willing to do this, but instead of King Ahaziah going to Elijah, he went to uh, the priest of Ekron. Uh, the Bible said he hardened his heart to God. 2 Samuel 12 talked about David falling earlier, but when he was confronted by a prophet Nathaniel or Nathan, the Bible said he repented and God forgave him Hilda's his heart. I believe that's what God's always looking for. God's always looking for repentance God knows we're going to fall. come on, God knows that uh there's going to be times in life that we're going to maybe fall or fall short anyway We said uh David repents here, and out of this situation comes psalms fifty one which we all know uh. And love, uh, creating me a clean heart, renew a steadfast spirit within me. to cast me away from your presence; take not your holy spirit from me. That David wrote that psalm after he repented. God touched his heart. God did a miracle. Uh, so, how we respond? We'll tell the rest of the story many times. Our text here: the Bible says the king is infuriated here. He's upset. Think about it. He's fallen. He's injured. And by his own actions, sending peace to go, sending messengers to go, and find the priest of Ekron. That's what got him in trouble, but he's infuriated with the man of God. Isn't that how it always works? Let's take the influence here. King Ahasio has influence. We have influence. Your response to a fall, a setback, a disappointment, or failure. i the title. it. It's going to affect those around you. How you and I respond if your marriage is going to affect your spouse. If you have children, it's going to affect your children. Amen. When I go through something or I fall in hard times, how I respond is going to affect my wife. She's going to watch how I respond to this. My children are going to watch how I respond to that. We have influence. People on your job, people that are close to you are going to, you're, you're, how you respond, you're going to influence him for the good or for the bad. In verse 9 or 10, then the king sent uh, to him a captain of 50 men. This king is infuriated, uh, as I said earlier, uh, and, and, and he's going to get Elijah for this. And, uh, Elijah's now on the, on the high mountain, the Bible says, on the hill. Uh, and This king is sending out 50 soldiers to go get him, and bring him to the king. The king's going to let him have it here. Actually, this happens three times. So let's look at this here. The first, uh, <clears throat> with his 50, verse 9 and 10, he went up to Elijah, who was sitting on the top of the hill, and said to him, O oh, man of God, the king says, come down. Now, think about this. He's he's a captain. He's got 50 soldiers. Elijah's sitting on the hill. And the reason he's there is because how King Ahasem responded uh to a wound, responded to a fall here. He's influenced these first 50 people. Hey, I said, come down here. The king wants to see you. This captain was careless and reckless. He has no fear of God. No doubt he reflected in the attitude of the king. Verse 10, Elijah answered and said to the captain of 50, If I am a man of God, then let fire fire come down from heaven and consume you and the 50 men. Fire came down from heaven and consumed him. And 50, think about this for a moment. Because Acacia responded the way he did, or Hesia responded the way he did. 50 men are now dead. 50 men's lives are are taken away uh, in a moment's time simply because how this king responded. The second captain. He's not just careless, but he's arrogant. Again, reflecting the attitude of the king. Verse 11. Then he said to him, another captain of 50, and 50 men, and his 50 men, and he answered and said to him, men of God, thus says the king, come down, but he added one word, quickly. Not just come down, but come down quickly, I mean right now. Uh, Amen, but remember this is all the influence of one king, Uh, now we're talking about 100 men here involved in this influence, verse 12. So Elijah answered and said to them, If I am a man of God, let fire come down from heaven and consume you and your 50 men. And fire came down from heaven and consumed him and his 50. 100 men, or 102 men, are lost now. All because the king of Hesiah's response to fall. I call this the dangerous intersection. Uh, and many times we have to realize our influence. I tell. Husbands in my church, men in my church, especially, uh, listen, when you're on your job and things don't work, don't bring it home to your wife. Don't load your children down when you get rebuked in church, uh, when pastor rebukes you because, listen, that influence is going to affect them, good or bad. You know, King Ahaziah didn't know that all this was going to happen, but that's the power of influence especially if you're a leader, listen, your words and your actions have impact. Look at this third captain. I like this guy. Because this third captain shows that you can learn from your past failures. You can learn from other people's mistakes. uh, uh, Amen. Other people's wrecks in the intersection, if you would. Uh, So in the news of what happened to the first and second group, uh, come to this third captain. He goes, hey, wait a second. (laughs) I want to live tomorrow. I want to live to see next week. I want to see my children grow up a little bit. Uh, He's learning from the first and the second, uh, and he's going to change his approach. Look at verse 13. The king sent a third captain of 50, and with his 50 men. And the third captain of 50 went up and came and fell on his knees before Elijah pleaded with him, said with him, Men of God, please let my life, the life of these 50 servants of yours, Be precious in your sight. Verse 14. Look, fires come down from heaven and burn up the first two captives of 50 and with their 50. But let my life be precious in your sight. And the angel of the Lord said to Elijah, go down with him and do not be afraid of him. And he rose and went down with him to the king. Listen, this captain's humility and prayer saved the lives uh, of all these other soldiers. And don't you know they were grateful, because they heard the stories as well. They knew, listen, we're going out, we're going to die today, because what this king is this way he responded to a fall, the way he responded to an injury. We're going to die today. And how many people do we know lives are lost simply because of how somebody responded to something? But thank God that we can learn, we can use humility and prayer, we can learn, amen, from other people's mistakes. How many know we need wisdom if we're going to serve God for a length of time? Proverbs 1 says wisdom can be learned here. It said, I know wisdom and instructions to understand words of insight, to receive instructions is in, in wise dealings, in righteousness, justice, equality, to give prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the youth. Let the wise hear and increase in Learning. Amen. So, uh, Solomon's telling his son here, listen, you can learn some wisdom here. You can learn wisdom from me. You can learn wisdom from others. And if we're going to live for God long and be effective in the kingdom of God, uh, it's good to have some wisdom. You know, if you've fallen, in other words, learn from it. Make decisions in fear of God and learn some wisdom. There's not one of us here that had made some mistakes. There's not one of us here that hadn't fallen and been injured again physically, emotionally, spiritually. uh, Somewhere, if you're a disciple in your discipleship, uh, you got wounded somewhere, something happened in church, somebody said something to you uh, in your marriage, listen, learn from it. We can learn from it. You know, me and my wife were talking that day, we've been married 37 years now. I know I don't look that old, but... We've been married 37 years, and... We've learned some things. And a couple things we've learned: not everything's worth the fight. We used to fight about everything. <laughs> I mean, my wife, she can hang in there, man. She, we'd fight about everything. And I mean, everything was an issue. But you know, after a while, eh, it's not worth fighting. fight. So we look at each other, we just laugh sometimes. It ain't worth fight, is it? No. Learn wisdom tonight. You know, the definition of insanity is doing the same. It's going to be different this time. Well, no, it's not because you haven't made any decisions to be different, right? The third captain, you know, the two captains, one hundred men died. So that influence through the years, because how somebody responded to one thing, uh, everybody else. History, just in marriage and relationships in the church. Uh, how many people have been? A so truth is, we're going to be used by God. Wisdom's an issue. Right? And you shall speak unto all those that are wise hearted. by I filled the spirit of wisdom, ministered to me into the priest's office. God said, I'm going to use people who has got some wisdom in this. Unwise men. I've had, through the years, amen, that caused me some trouble. And I've learned from that. The Bible said God builds. Amen. Everybody's going to fall at some point. Everybody's going to be wounded. How we respond uh, to that makes all the difference. Let's look lastly here. Watch out for the edge. Our text here, King uh, Hesia had fallen from the upper chamber and had been seriously hurt. You know, commentaries have all different places uh, in Israel, especially at that time how they celebrate house in the room. At uh, The roof of their houses were flat, and they would have the celebrations up there. Uh, do the celebrations at the top of their house, the roof of their house. Uh, it's kind of their party room. They'd have people, whatever the celebration was, that's how they, they do it on top of their house. They don't do it in parks like we would their house. That's how they have their celebration. Commentators kind of say it's the same thing here. So they're holding a, uh, in the home, uh, or something, but they're up there celebrating life, celebrating spelled, uh, Uh, It was faulty, or there wasn't any guardrail at all. Now, I know this thing, we went to a monument, uh, a rose monument there. We wanted to read about rose. uh, So I told Luke, hey, be careful. That's a long ways down. Uh, uh, Don't be acting up up here. You're going to get hurt. Uh, He's thinking there's a rail there. No rail there. He falls. Falls 30 feet. My wife's screaming, Luke, you know, and she's taking a picture. Luke's falling, you know, and. And I don't have to run down there and peel the hospital and get them all fixed up. But, uh, but there's no rails. So most of the time I hear about men or women of God falling is because they got too close to the edge. Maybe this king at one time is a good man. Uh, maybe at one point he was a godly man, a God-fearing man, but he got too close to the edge. Things happened in his life. Uh, we know how he responded to this fall, but uh, how did he respond to all the other falls? Anyway, he's too close to the edge. Luke 15, we see another picture of this. The prodigal son got too close to the edge. Once he got his money, he runs off to far-place parties, uh, and, and when he ran out of money, we had the full picture there. He got too close to the edge. Maybe he had friends, and you had to come over. He fell, right? How many seen that? 2 Corinthians, touch was unclean. And I will receive you. I will be a father to you. You shall be my sons and my daughters and do what's right. You're going to have to have some separation from the world. You can't get too close to the edge. If you're too close to the world, amen, uh, you're going to make bad decisions. And just like that intersection in Texas, uh, you're just driving along one day. of will sudden, Wreck happens. And all of a sudden, you're too close. uh, Maybe you get pushed, shoved uh, nudged, uh, but your separation means a clear, distinctive difference. I'm dealing with a man. he's been to church long enough now he's, he's kind of the new convert, but he's not a new convert anymore. He's got kind of preaching where he has got to make some decisions. Uh, learn some things now. I said, listen uh, I said, you're going to uh, uh, have to make some decisions here. Uh, bring this text, listen Matthew 13, Jesus tells how men and women get into spiritual trouble to a man who sowed good seed in his field, but while his men slept, were sleeping and went their way. Jesus said when men slept, sometimes we get spiritually dull, and Jesus said, "When well, you better watch out. Uh, maybe because my morning prayer was falling off, my Bible reading was falling and I got spiritually dull. Long time and always be, uh, always be on the edge, and always, always have that great edge. I believe there's come kind of spiritually dull. We can be lagging. Uh, Jesus said, "This is worst thing about a tear, a tear, and a wheat almost look identical to the wheat. The wheat stem is here. The tear just kind of hides in. The the tear is a lot smaller to the wheat, uh, It just kind of grows along with it. How about sin? Likes to do that, doesn't it? and take your place, but he just he's kind of sneak in there and just kind of attaches to you. Just kind of gets on. Let me give you an example of how this works. You know, think about Judas here. One of the personally, uh, to preach, remember he's casting demons out, he's praying for people, uh, he's one a great thing, uh, and he's involved in all this ministry, but we know that at a moment, a uh, critical moment, uh, uh, sin has worked its way in there somewhere at some point, and uh, that grit, uh, it comes out, doesn't it? And we know the end of the story. Of Judas, uh, don't let that happen to you, man. But he could have been at one time. He could have been a great man, but in a time of injury, it's, we got to be careful because we can all do that. see that. How many been serving God for over five years here? There's still times we have to come to this altar. God, I'm sorry. Forgive me. No, I'm just kidding. And we had to repent. And our text said, We let them on their way and said, Tell the king he's going to die. You know, most Christians, pastor called me and said, Hey, you're going to die tomorrow for that. I'm not going to hire 50 soldiers to go kill him. I'm going to prayer, cast this thing out of me, whatever. Most good hearted Christians are going to do that, right? And, uh, that's always what God is wanting. Amen. First, John 9, if we confess our sins, confession requires humility. Pride always gets in the way. It uh, messes up everything. And this is the main problem that King Ahasio has. Uh, he just He's not humble. He's got pride. Uh, and that killed him later. we fall, especially in a failure, and we get wounded, watch out. It's bitter. gets hard-hearted. You know, King Ahasio... He had an th- opportunity where he could have said, Go get Elijah. I need to, he's he's angry, says he's uh he's uh uh to fix the problem. I don't know, that's all messed up. But we can get all messed up in a fall or an injury if we're not careful. Remember, you have influence. How you respond to a circumstance of other people is gonna affect other people. We always have to be careful. Me and my wife learned some good lessons earlier in our, early in our ministry uh, with our daughter at the time. We didn't had our son yet, but our daughter, because uh, we're looking at my daughter a couple of times, she's acting how we acted. You know, something happened, we're, uh, you know, uh, ourself, hey, she got that from us. And we had to really start watching ourselves. When she got, came to the church, she's only two years old, we'd already taught her to cuss. Sinners are. And we thought, we you know, we taught some cuss words, and we had people come to us and say, "Hey, your daughter's saying this and saying that. Uh, got that?" So, we had to fix the problem. She's in her mind. I'm sure she's saying, "You taught me how to say this." But let's have the good as well. I mean, you can influence people for good. Uh, how you respond, you respond in a good way. They can learn how to re- should have confessed his sins and ask God to help him. Repentance is always like Ahasia. Don't take us to your grave. Don't let this thing kill you and kill others. Uh, maybe there's a, an injury tonight in you. Bitter, you're upset. Uh, there's hatred involved and bitterness. So, listen, get it right. Critical times, going for the man of God, you go for something else is going to really mess you up. if uh, I close in the house of God tonight.
0: We thank you again for listening.